The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Sean, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, brother? I am doing just fine. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, I listened to you talk on our dear friend Dave from X22 the other day and uh, such a powerful, such a powerful conversation. I, um, I was drawn to, to connect with you and, and go a little deeper or explore different avenues as well because uh, you seem to have your finger sure. or fingers in many pies and... Um, I don't think there's been any more pies <laughs> bigger than uh, what we've been going through over the last year and a half, two years, but maybe there has been and um, people haven't realized that. So um, let's, I want to invite you about um, a little bit of your history and how you came to explore all of these different um, pies or rabbit holes and uh, how, <laughs> how confusing it is and, and, has been for you to find some sort of grounding in all of this uh, exploration <laughs> that you've undertaken. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind taking us on that journey. That's a, that's a valid question. Yeah, that's a valid question. Um, how to ground within not getting lost within the rabbit holes, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I had, a, I was introduced to sort of you know, spiritual teachings at a very young age. And I think that's always given me a different, a certain perspective on things. 
So, uh, well, there's a few things to, to discuss. So at one level, we know that we're dealing with a corrupt world. Um, I think uh, it's like, no, I don't think anyone is, is kidding themselves and, you know, saying that the world is ideal and, and the way they would want it to be. Um, the problem that people get into for the most part is uh, maybe misdiagnosing the ales so that it becomes sort of, you know, at one level becomes political party. Right. So it's like, you know, oh, it's this party is the bad guy and that party's the, you know, they're the ones causing all the mischief. And, you know, there's there's certainly cases of, of political parties getting out of control. But for the most part, it's not one political party that's that's perpetuating, you know, the ills of the world. Um, people also cling to religions. Right. So they're like, well, you know, it's you know, we've seen it in our, lo- our lifetimes. Right. It's the Muslims or it's, you know, this group or that group and all over the world. They have these these kind of discourses. So it's, you know, at one time it was the Jews, you know, and then it's, you know, it's all these different boogeymen, right? The Catholics or at different points of the Protestants, you know, so the Catholics, the perpetrators of evil and whatnot. And again, there's always degrees of truth to, to these accusations. I mean, there are, there is corruption within the Catholic church. There's corruption with various, you know, Islamic sects. There is, you know, corruption again. So it's like, but the problem is that people get into these sort of all or nothing psychologies. And, you know, again, so it's like political party. Uh, it's also countries, you know, and I growing up as a kid, it's like the Cold War, you know, oh, it's Russia, you know, Russia's the bad guy, you know, they're the ones that are fomenting the communist communism around the world. And da, da, da. so, you know, America's do, you know, we're, we're the good guys. Well, again, there's truth to that, but it's not that simple either. So I think when I, I grew up, I grew up with an understanding that, uh, I was never, I guess I was never partial to any particular side. I was never particularly partial to any particular denomination, you know, political party, you know, even country. It's like, you know, I love, I love America, but I'm also, you know, critical. I studied American history, so I can be critical of it and I can see, you know, what happens as far as infiltration of different groups and patterns and systems and things like this. So overall, it's like, I, I think I had the, the, the luck of being someone that was, more interested by by truth because I'm a more spiritual person. And I think that spiritual people are more interested by truth or the paradox of truth, frankly. The fact that something can be yin and yang, can be both, hey, you know, in the, in the black there is white and in the white there is black. And being able to have that understanding of paradox, understanding that, you know, there this is a, a corrupted world, a fallen world, but yet God operates, obviously, God allows it to exist and, and has created it for that purpose, perhaps, you know, to be tempted, you know, to be tempted by, you know, the, the, the excesses of free will or the corruptions, of, you know, of, of desires and things like this. Um, so you ask, you know, again, I'm just trying to give like a foundation to the way that I, I see the world and I'm interested by things in a context of looking at, looking at particular cases. I mean, growing up, uh, certainly the Kennedy assassination, my dad's film JFK was a tremendous uh, awakening moment for me to sort of 
you know, say, okay, there's, there's forces at work here, dark forces, sinister forces, as Peter Lavenda calls it, you know, that are at work and, you know, how, how, how much is this Masonic, you know, we can look at like the, the synchronicities and the symbolism around the assassination, the 33rd degree or 33rd parallel where it occurs. And like, you know, there's certain Masonic symbols or, you know, synchronicities that are occurring. And you look at it like as a ritual, you know, sacrificing of the King, like Camelot, obviously, you know, the King Arthur's dies ritualistically and you know his wife is you know ultimately has these affairs with very powerful men like Anassas and whatnot so fulfilling the ideal of, of Camelot um and then you know you have the the powers of the bankers that are pissed off at Kennedy you have the the deep state of the Wall Street let's say the uh not just Wall Street, but like the Pentagon CIA apparatus that wants permanent war and they're threatened by Kennedy's, you know, plans to pull out of, not pull out, but like not set necessarily go to full scale war with Vietnam. So you have all these different factions, right? Mafia doesn't like it. So you start to study politics and you're like, okay, so there's all these different factions that are at work and you study history and you see all these different factions at work. And again, it's like, well, how do you stay grounded to answer your question? You stay grounded by uh, not making every, how do you say, but not necessarily uh, turning it into your reality. Like there are definitely moments where I'll go into it. And certainly throughout my life, I've gone into like research and I'll, but I feel like, well, what, how does it fit into my reality? So if I'm going into something, I maybe want to write a book or write a script, you know, fl- channel it, channel the information into something. Otherwise you are, how do you say you are in a balance you end up if you don't channel it into something creative right to say like hey, i'm using this information to you know to create something or to you know to, to use it to voice give voice or life to something then you can end up lost in that rabbit hole of endless research leads uh with no answers you know no definite proof or a- answers or resolution and you can end up very depleted or you can come to that place of okay i learn i absorb you know, I do something with it, either, you know, whether it's a script or just in a conversation, get my thoughts on my point and then move on. You know, it's, it's got to be an alchemical transmutation process. You have to take something that's dark, move that energy, bring it to some new life, some new revelation and, and, and don't linger with it. That's, that's my best advice for how not to uh, get sucked into the sandpit. And with your history, I mean, I love um... First off, I love what you just said, then, and how, how you do stay grounded and that the paradoxes exist. <laughs> and they do. It's, it's, it's probably the cosmic joke. It's two things can exist at the same time that are polar opposites and deal with it. <laughs> you, can, you can just look at one side over here and think that's the truth, but then the other side will keep coming in until you notice it and, and accept that that's the truth too. And I don't know whether it's a, that's the, the correct definition of it, but um, that's how I see it sometimes is these two two things. Sometimes it's even more than two things that are existing at once. It's like, whoa, okay. I need to expand, expand it's my thinking. Always, it's, it's, a total, it's a total cosmic joke. It's a total cosmic joke in the sense that we have awareness of our own foolishness, our own fallibility, uh, that we don't have the answers that... Um, it really is, you know, even ourselves, we don't fully know ourselves, you know, all that we are, all that our consciousness involves, um, all the worlds that we've known, you know, our, our, mem- our memories are taken from us, basically, at, you know, we come into this world with 
very, you know, maybe some inclinations, maybe, you know, occasionally some glimpses of another world, right? Past life or different, you know, different realm. Um, but the fact is, you know, we're just, we're so, we're, we're so clueless. And, you know, you have to realize that God's has to be laughing <laughs> at some level, knowing that, hey, this is, you know, this is not permanent. Nothing here lasts, right? Uh, even the pyramids, you know, however many thousands of years old old they are, you know, they're not going to last forever. Nothing in this realm lasts lasts forever. So there is a certain humor you have to have in uh, in, in everything that, that goes on here. Tell us about the work that you've done. Then you, you talk about bringing it to manifestation. Um, is it for you, or is it for others, or is it for both? Is it for all? Is is it a selfish, creative expression that you just need to get out? It's like nearly a purge, that or a creation. Right? I don't really want to do this, or I do really want to do this. And what expectations do you have on the work when you're creating it? Again, is it for yourself or is it for others? Take us through that. Well, it has to be both, I believe. I mean, as you know, an artist has to feel that that we're writing, you know, writing something or making something or giving life to something, um, because at one level has to satisfy our own needs, you know, which is to say, I want to give expression or life to this, right? You can't be engaged in, in creation for long periods of time. You'll get bored, right? You get bored really quickly if, if you're not excited by it, the material. So there has to be the personal excitement, but then, yeah, there has to be a sense that, um, this matters beyond myself and, uh, yeah, obviously we don't know, we, you know, I've been, those of us that have gone through failures, you know, and, uh, projects that don't take off or that, you know, aren't, aren't received. I mean, that feels like failure. So, you know, you could say, well, it wasn't necessarily the right timing or it didn't come into, into con, you know, it wasn't congruent with all the, all the elements were not congruent to make it, you know, really left off. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no, there, it's like, it's like the one and the many, I mean, you really can't take anything into absolute isolation there is no absolute isolation i mean everything is is connected at different levels and so um when 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 you get the instinct or the impulse to to tell something or to work on something um you have to trust that there's a higher force that that wants you to to go through that process right and needs it to be told that's why i always say that yeah i'm only an instrument or a vessel of that of consciousness and if consciousness wants to put an idea out there, it's not only going to give you that idea, right? It's going to happen. It's going to be sprinkled all across, you know, all across the world to different, different people. That's why we can even have this conversation. If we, we weren't sharing certain ideas and certain spaces of, of awareness, we couldn't, we couldn't converse. We wouldn't be able to see each other. Well, I'm very grateful that we get to do this. You know, this is one of my favorite, favorite parts of uh, my day. The bird chirping outside, a bird singing, or squawking. And mm -hmm. over the last year and a half, two years, it's given a, a lot of people time to 
to look at the world in 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 a very different way, perhaps than than they would have liked. And I really wanted to ask you about this. And I'm sure you've answered it many, many times. And I've asked the question many, many times. And, you know, with the work that you've done and all that you've seen and all that you've experienced and all that you've shared, was this inevitable that this agenda or this timeline is playing out now? And, <laughs> and have we collectively manifested this? And if so, yes. why? Because an idea, an idea must uh, go through a course of its life, just like anything. Ideas live too. <clears throat> so once an idea of, you know, transhumanism, for example, is born, it has to play its course. It has to run its course. That you know, what what ultimately, what extreme it goes to is ultimately, you know, it's subject to human free will. So how much humans decide to merge with artificial intelligence slash machines, you know, um, this man machine interface, it's ultimately up to the choice of, of the beings, but the idea is there and we're seeing it already, you know, it's starting to play out with things like uh Neuralink, right? Examples like this, where Elon Musk is going to put chips into people to help them control machines remotely, right? Without touch. Um, this is just the beginning phase. Transhumanism, I, I speak about because I see a lot of this going in that direction. The mRNA therapy, you know, that, that they want to they want to force on people, which is, by the way, a very precarious thing because they're playing with free will. But the way that they're doing it, even though they're kind of they're technically in violation of free will because they're not giving informed consent, but they're able to get away with it because the technicality as well. If you want to go back to the job or if you want to go back to, you know, our society, you have to do it. Well, is it worth it? You know, as, as Peter McCullough said, you know, is that social contract worth it to you, right? To, to experiment and to allow the, uh, the mRNA technology to be inserted into your bloodstream and done so consistently as it's now proving to then, you know, potentially you could argue, make you patentable because these are uh, GMO, genetic modified organisms that are being inserted into you. And it's modifying your DNA, you know, your genes. Um, and as, as we know from patent law, what is natural and organically occurring cannot be patented. What is altered can be, can be patented. So starts to open up these questions of, you know, are humans allowing themselves to be patented? And again, most people will never grasp this. Most people will not understand what's really at work here. So they'll just kind of see the, uh, the surface level of things. I mean, people are literally dropping dead, not even knowing why. <laughs> and so it's, you know, you can't force them to see it. Uh, but to answer your question, the idea has to play out the idea of control over the human, which is thousands and thousands of years old. The idea of altering the human goes back to the Sumerian texts, you know, talking about genetic uh, alteration of 
of the sapiens, right? To basically create the, uh, the human being. Um, so the genetic question, you know, it's like, well, that, that idea has to run its course and the ultimate transformation of the human has to occur at some level. Our interface with artificial intelligence will have to occur at some levels. Um, these are all just inevitabilities because of the ideas of history, the ideas of empires that we've been faced with for thousands of years. And that's why I keep emphasizing to people, you know, it's been thousands of years of, of human slavery and feudalism. And all of a sudden, you know, you think uh, World War II sets you free. No, the empires never ended. British Empire is still there. Financial Empire is still there. So you want to stand into your freedom. Well, you got to stand up if you want to be free. You got to claim your freedom. Power concedes nothing without a demand. As uh, was it Frederick Douglass said that. People don't get that. They think they're free. And they're finding, they found out in the last two years that they weren't. But most of them, I shouldn't say most, a lot of them haven't accepted that yet. A lot of them haven't accepted that they are not free. They want to claim they're free. But if a government can tell you to shut down your business because of an emergency, a so-called emergency, if a government can tell you, you can only go back to normal if you do this, if you inject this into your body, you're not free. So this is, this is what it's about. It's about the human being actually being challenged and initiated in a very profound and powerful way and finding out what, what are you made of? And are you, are you going to stand into your freedom? Are you going to step into that power? Hmm. And I guess crystal balls don't exist at the moment then because we don't know. We don't know. Or do we? Do we know? Mm. Do, we know how, do we know how this plays out? Or is that, again, the cosmic joke? It's like anything can happen. <laughs> Sometimes it's better <clears throat> not to tell people the ending <clears throat> because that's to be experienced. That's to be experienced. You know, it's like telling someone the ending of a movie it has no meaning. Not unless you experience it, especially if it's a good one. And how good is this one, in, in your opinion? You tell me. I mean, you guys are living it in different ways. I mean, I'm living here in Florida, enjoying life, but I don't know. You know, depending on where you are in Australia or Austria, Oz—they're both Ozes, right? The Wizard of Oz, you know, locking you in your home until you take the jab <laughs> so how is it how is the story how is the movie playing out for you well it's different for everybody isn't it yeah we've uh we're having a great old time my wife and i we're we're living the best version of ourselves and 
Uh, we've managed in the last year and a half to open up a wellness retreat, a cooking retreat, looking after some beautiful, beautiful human beings. And uh, oh, that was interesting. We just had a, a beautiful king parrot just uh, fly and <laughs> say good day, bumped into our window just then. Wow, beautiful. Amazing. Great, great. Two of them. Hmm. Take of that what you will. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we've had an amazing amazing experience and it's interesting that our dreams are manifesting into reality very very rapidly mm. and so it's, it's it's an interesting thing because i i get emails from messages from people on, on a day-to-day basis that they're not experiencing that they are they're searching for answers they're, they're panicking they're cons- very concerned about the situation that is unfolding because they've spent their lives working in a in a occupation or career where they are being forced to make a big 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 the biggest decision of their life or one of the biggest decisions of their life mm-hmm. do i take this thing mm-hmm. that i either do not know enough about uh, does anybody know enough about is it a mystery will it hurt me will what happens if I do hand over my free will or power? Mm-hmm. Does that just perpetuate mm-hmm. this machine, this agenda? Mm-hmm. Yes, but, it does. but I've also got children that I need to look after. How did I get into this? And I, I think a lot of people probably think, how did I get into this situation? How did I get here from there <laughs> where mm-hmm. I have to risk my life? Either way, how did I get here? What, what's what's the way forward? I'm like this, and my my answer always is, you have to work this out yourself. This is your life. This is your life. These are your decisions. And w- one thing that I do know is, the more compliance, the the worse it will get. I believe. You know, and that's maybe just a belief that I have, and maybe I'm perpetuating that that fear. But I can't see any other way that the more people comply, the more the worse it will get for the the ones that comply. If people exactly, it's like like people can give you your freedom, you are not free. It's that simple. Do what I say, or you will not be free. Does that sound like freedom to anyone? Does that sound like a society that they want to live in? It's just, it's like, it's so simple. Why do people expect they need that society to live? There are millions of people of like mind, even probably in Australia, right? Is that enough to have an economy? Are millions of people of like mind who say no enough to have an economy? I would say so. If I had millions of people watching uh, every movie I made, I'd make millions of dollars. <laughs> if you had millions of people buying your product, you'd be a millionaire. It's so funny. People think that they need to be in a society. Why? Because that they were born into it? Well, LA is overcrowded anyway from where I, where I grew up. A lot of those cities I've been to are overcrowded. I don't need to be around millions of people. I'd be happy around, you know, a few hundred thousand. 
I'd rather be in a community of a few million people that are good quality, freedom loving than in a society of billions that are robots. It's that simple. Me too. Is there somebody pulling the strings at the top of this pyramid, as the I would call, or is it a is it a runaway train that nobody's steering, and and we we're just on this trajectory because of our disconnection, or, or is it <laughs> is it again that paradox where? There's always a choice. And that's what's interesting, as you're right. There's a paradox in the sense that um, what's really running people? Because there are forces that people don't understand running them. You can call it, you know, you can call it entities, parasites, things like this. We know we have parasites in our, in our body, you know, from uh, the foods and the things that we've taken in, the water we've taken in. So there's, there's parasites that operate through people. There's also zeitgeists, which is a very dangerous thing when people are swept up into a zeitgeist. And that's what you get in these places where it's like, you must obey, right? And people are saying, how can, you know, how can we have this place now where it's like Nazism in Austria again, you know, the unvaccinated must stay homes, right? And it's like, well, because people are swept up in the idea of obedience. And it's a very dangerous psychology to get into. So you can get swept up in it and follow because you're scared of being the one who's, who dissents. It's scary to be the dissenter. You don't want to be Bonhoeffer and end up, you know, executed for 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 saying no to Hitler. But in the eyes of history, Bonhoeffer is the hero. It's scary though. So is there a runaway train aspect? There is a runaway train aspect for most people. But there's always a choice. And at the level of the top, of course it's planned. You couldn't pull this off if it wasn't. You couldn't systematically suppress hydroxychloroquine, which had been effective against SARS-CoV-1, uh, you know, SARS if you want to call it that, for, you know, the last two dozen years. You know, Fauci and company were, hydroxychloroquine was, was a great treatment. All of a sudden, no one can treat. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.